0: Only
1: redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value.
0: We have to shut down the podcast. This is so wrong. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. Minivans are actually wonderful.
1: With Margaret Apples and Amy Wilson.
0: It's a hot mess
1: over here. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas. So you don't have to. Wednesday's Yo-Yo Dinner. We have to wait for Wednesday.
0: everybody. Welcome to What Fresh Hell. This is Amy. And this is Margaret. And this week we are talking about things we've changed our minds about. Yes, we went
1: as usual to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash What Fresh Hellcast, and to our group in particular, which is always a very hoppin' conversation, right? And we asked, what are the things that you have perhaps changed your mind about over time?
0: I have to just admire your use of the word hoppin'. Hoppin'. I'm so HEP to the jive with the way the youngsters talk. You are HEP to the cool cats. Hey, (laughs) all you cool cats and kittens. Here's what's hopping over at the What Fresh Health podcast group. But we did do that. We hopped over to the hopping spot and we said, what have you changed your mind about as a parent? And as always, we get hundreds of amazing and awesome responses. And people have changed their minds, Amy. They've changed their minds and they've changed their hearts. Okay, I look forward to seeing what the uh, top answers were. I'm going to start with one of mine. I think this also this topic bleeds a little bit into things we used to judge and things that we no longer judge at all. Sure. And I definitely remember that when I was 20 something right out of college, you know, a youngster my brother and his wife had three kids. They were only two years older than me, but they lived a completely different life. I was like living in a van and doing comedy and they like had a house in the suburbs with three young children. And I remember, and I mean, I lived in a van at the time and yet I would go to their house and be like, their car always smells so weird. Wait a minute. Can we go back to the part where you lived in a van? I mean, I was doing comedy. So I was basically like, you know, I was in a van driving around the country, putting on shows. I wasn't like living in a van down by the river (laughs) I mean sometimes we did have to park down by the river but you know what I mean I was just like most of your waking hours were in a van most of my waking hours were in a van and still I used to remark that their minivan smelled funny yeah and now I realize that that's just the way minivans smell (laughs) it's like some nexus combination of like the carpeting a dropped hamburger and some spilled milk and someone vomited three years ago like there's a very minivan smell that I kind of would be like who has a car that smells like this and now I realize I have a car that smells like that and everyone has a car that smells like that it's a minivan that's just how it smells
1: Minivans were a thing I changed my mind about from like, you know, how sad to have to drive a minivan to like minivans are actually wonderful and everybody should have one. And why are we like joking that this, you know, why are we tricking ourselves that we're too cool to have a car where the doors open and close by themselves? Come on, people. It's great.
0: I've been on that rap for a long time, and I just feel like if you think that the minivan is what's not making you cool anymore... You have another thing coming because let me explain to you the myriad of ways you are no longer cool. The minivan is the least of your problems and the minivan has a lot of storage for when you go to Costco. So yeah, the minivan resistance, I always find like, what are you doing? That's a ridiculous point. Yep. It's a no from me. Okay. A big one, of course, is screens, right? Yep. Everybody before they have kids is like, what kind of monster lets their kid be on an iPad at a restaurant. Right. And let me tell you, pretty much all the monsters do. Right. Many of the monsters.
1: I have a a different point of view on this because, so my kids are 17, 16, and 13, and at least my oldest kid definitely predated the ability to bring a tablet or a phone into a restaurant and stick a screen in front of them. Like Mm -hmm. I raised kids in the before times when you couldn't do that. (sighs) So I was definitely judging McJudge a lot when people started doing it, only because I never had that option, but of Of course, if you have that option, there are times when it's useful.
0: Yeah, I mean, we are team screen time restrictions here at the What Fresh Help podcast. I do think (laughs) spaces and places are important. And now that my kids are a little bit older, back in the day, I had three little kids. We never got out of the house. I would occasionally want to go out to a restaurant without paying a babysitter. We would take our kids. Of course, we selected restaurants that were, you know, not whatever pheasant under glass and you know and ten thousand dollar bottle of wine but we were at least it was a step above like a chain restaurant you know but still it was la there the mall would have like right it's like a nice cheesecake factory basically that was the highest level we would ever attempt <laughs> cheesecake factory plus that was the tier okay yeah and i mean believe me the cheesecake factory would have been plenty nice too and we went there too but we went at six o'clock we went at 5 30 you know we didn't go at times where we'd be bothering people but if we couldn't rein it in a screen would pop out and it would be a hundred percent fine and my husband and I would have a glass of something and eat a more decent meal and it was fine and you know what it doesn't matter but as they get older I'm pretty big on screen restrictions and I'm very very big and we're fighting it again now Amy it's just come back around because we've always had a no screens at the table rule right like nobody has a screen at the table yeah i am often the person breaking this rule because i don't know i check my texts sometimes and the kids oh. will yell at me you're not allowed to have a screen at the table <laughs> but the new thing is that my oldest got a phone he's a seventh grader and we got him a phone because now he walks home and he's, he's often about trick-or-treating by himself like we like to be able to call him know where he is but the phone has He looks stuff up for school. I don't know. It has Safari. We kept it off for a while. But now he's like watching YouTube on his phone at the breakfast table. And now I've got to refight that whole battle all over again. And it's annoying me.
1: Yeah, my high school student, his homeroom teacher, basically fully remote right now. And his homeroom teacher said he was going to do like a no phone challenge. Like if the boys could put their phones down for a week and like so they've all logging their screen time, this teacher would dye his hair pink. Mm. And my son was really excited about this because it was really working in the And the teacher's going to dye his hair pink. Only guess what? I said, okay, so you're not using your phone. Does that mean you're not playing on your Switch either? Does that mean you're not watching YouTube videos on your laptop either? And this teenager with a straight face was telling me, no, 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 those are actually fine. I'm like, I kind of feel like this teacher was including the entire category of time-wasting screen time. And he was insistent that just because he wasn't doing those things on his phone, that it was fine. So I think that's a major loophole.
0: This is the world that's coming for us. where like, the kids are going to have contact lenses that they can watch YouTube on, you know? So like, you have to, I don't know, the screen parameters are really tricky, but we've always had And I've talked about it a lot. No screens in the morning, because then you've got to get them off screens to school. But suddenly my son's like packing his phone up for school. He's texting his friends to make arrangements about who's walking with who. And the next thing you know, he's watching like cheat codes for his Marvel game. It's a slippery slope, people. It's a very slippery slope, and I'm sliding down it right now. You know what I've changed my
1: mind about is, in particular, is uh, Minecraft. I think Minecraft is not only a wholesome game to play, but actually very educational, really fires up their creativity and is you know, a good use of a cold inside afternoon that you might have a few of in your future. I mean, starting when they're like seven or eight, they can actually build stuff and they're proud of it. And it's, I mean, I don't get anything they're trying to explain to me, but I've seen it really be a wonderful creative thing
0: yeah our rule is you can play minecraft you're just not allowed to talk about minecraft <laughs> crystal says her kids wouldn't play video games or screens what was wrong with me just to make it worse my son is very much a gamer video game kind of guy and yeah i mean find some limits but it's fine and in the pandemic minecraft is considered educational time yes. that's what i'm saying i mean at this time like lean in another funny example was katie Another version of screens sitting on a park bench and pulling out my phone while the kids play on the playground I had previously self-righteously declared parents should be playing along with their children And then I had three kids a trip to the park is a break for me I mean people who judge the mom looking at her phone in the playground. I do not understand you I judge it a little bit. How often are you looking up from your phone? Oh, amy? I don't care. What's going to happen? Your kid's at the
1: playground. No, but your kid could be pushing my kid down in the sandbox and I don't want to have
0: to discipline them because you're playing Candy Crush. I mean, are they getting kidnapped while you're on Candy Crush? I don't believe that. I mean, we have to shut down the podcast. This is so
1: wrong. I can't believe it. I think you can't check out. And it infuriates me when I see a babysitter who is being literally paid an hourly wage to watch the kids, not watching the kids who are misbehaving or going to hurt themselves. Or yeah, I mean, I've definitely saved kids from risky situations because the person who was supposed to be taking care of them was looking at their phone. Do I ever look at my phone when I'm supposed
0: to be watching kids? For sure. But not without looking up. You're not a Hawkeye. I mean, fine, look up from your phone every couple of minutes. I basically, I'm fine with being on the phone. At the soccer game, you don't have to watch every play. It's fine, I don't know. I'm team be on your phone. Oh. Uh- But it's the problem is you always like that one
1: you have that itchy like, oh, let me check my text. And like, that's when your kid scores a goal and looks over at you and you're on your phone. Not that that makes you a bad person, but they're like, oh, shoot, you always somehow pick the wrong 10 seconds. And so I listen to podcasts because I don't I'm completely you know transported and preoccupied. But I'm not looking. I'm looking at the field as if it has my full attention.
0: I do think it's good to check in every once in a while with the exercise. I have phone, what do you call it? I'm addicted, you know, like I'm constantly like playing Candy Crush while I'm peeing. Like I can't put my phone down. It's a problem. (laughs) And the other day I went to vote and it was a hugely long line and I was in line for like 110 minutes. It was a really long wait. And it was freezing cold and raining sideways. So I was holding my umbrella and I really couldn't hold my phone because my hands were too cold and it was getting wet. And for 100 minutes, I stood quietly and stared into space. And it was like a little bit of a revelation. Like, oh, there might be a world out there.
1: Was it terrible and then good or was it just terrible?
0: It wasn't either. It was just kind of like a, huh, I can do this. I can just sit quietly and think for a hundred minutes. It's not the end of the world. Okay. It wasn't, I want to say it was like a revelation and the scales fell from my eyes and I stomped on my iPhone and will never use it again, but I didn't. I was just kind of like, all right, that's right. I don't have to be quite so phone dependent. I got to check with that. Check it before I wreck it.
1: It Was it like two years ago we did a screen-free week and we did an episode about that? Yes. I'm going to put the link to that in the show notes. We might have to do another one. In Uh, I was going to say in 2021, but post-pandemic.
0: I think we're going (laughs) to wait on that. Yeah. I don't think screen-free week is in my wheelhouse right now. But thanks for the suggestion, Amy. Keeping their rooms clean. Rebecca says the kids cleaning their rooms used to be included in nightly cleanup, but I came to realize it's their room. Why do I care that much?
1: Yes. Rebecca, I have joined you on this that... Because it used to be the toy room that was a mess. Now my kids' mess is mostly confined to their rooms. And I feel like it needs to be addressed like quarterly, but maybe not every day or every week or whatever I thought it
0: was. Yeah, I have one kid who wants a clean room and is kind of obsessed with it. And so on Saturday mornings, we used to always do room cleanup Saturday mornings. But I have another kid who's just super messy. God, she reminds me exactly of me when I was this age. And it was a constant battle with my mom. She was obsessed with my room being messy and I would just get messier and messier. I'm sure in some, what do you call it? Like low power, high control. Oh, low power strategy of dominance. My low power strategy of dominance was obviously to bother her with this messy room, which seems ridiculous. But I mean, we fought about it for 20 years. And I have a kid who's so messy and she's just messy in her jeans. And we try to work on it, but I've decided not to dig in on it. And does she share a room? She does not. Right. She does not share a room. So that might be part of it. So that's a factor, too. Yeah. My guy who shares the room, wants it to be clean. And so he actually calls for the Saturday morning clean. He's like, it's time to clean up in here. He likes it clean.
1: I feel like sometimes super messy kids, of which I have one, have a hard time addressing the mess. Like they aren't doing it actually to get under mom's skin. It's because it just seems like almost too big to address. If they were better at addressing it in small ways, it wouldn't be messy. But so now it's really messy. And how do you even begin to attack it? And so better just throw it on the floor again. They need a little help.
0: Well, you would say, and I think it's true, like help them find some tools. Like, is it better if we clean it a little every night? Is it better if we just let it go and it's a big mess? But then, you know, my child has ruined some things by stepping on them that were treasures and you know we kind of have a conversation like it's hard to have nice things when you can't keep them nicely enough and you ruin them and that makes her very upset so how do we work that out and so we're trying to work on systems but I'm trying not to layer on top of it a lot of like this is a mess and you need to clean it up and you're not going anywhere until yeah but You know, I just, every once in a while, basically before, this was always our rule, and I think it makes sense. Before you have people over, you have to clean up your house. Works fine for us. We do it every once in a while, though now we have no people ever, so we don't clean as much.
1: But it always manages like, oh, we don't need to clean this room. We'll never be in here. Then somehow the cocktail party ends up in your daughter's bedroom. Like, I feel like it, you can never predict. Yeah, you never know where people are going. Yeah, it's the one bathroom you forgot about that everybody's standing in all of a sudden.
0: On the same topic, Jennifer says, as a boy mom, I used to totally judge my sister's little girl's hair always being wild, thinking there's <laughs> no way I wouldn't have my daughter's <laughs> hair pulled back. Let me tell you, team Jennifer's sister. Jennifer eventually had a foster daughter join us Quickly realized she was wrong I mean (laughs) I want to pin a note I really used to say this in kindergarten I did I think email the teacher sometimes And just say Just for the record She dresses herself And I've decided not to get involved in it Because I keep thinking like Do the kindergarten teachers think I'm doing this as a bit Like sending her in Like jeans A tutu A sweatshirt And like insane hair i'm not doing it as a bit i'm just deciding that i can't have an hour fight my my daughter is extremely strong-willed about the way she dresses and it's pretty intense amy she went off this morning dressed fully in your daughter's hand-me-downs you would have been proud
1: i saw with like a briefcase she was throwing a luke
0: that was very like office ready like
1: important zoom call
0: kind of Yeah. Amy gives me some hand-me-downs from her daughter and it's like a button-down shirt with a blazer. And my daughter became very enamored of it. And every once in a while, but when she wears it, she trades out her backpack for a briefcase because that's completes the look more completely. She's the best. Oh my gosh. I'm just along for the ride. We'll be right back.
1: say, and making
0: diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app
1: today and earn
0: Pampers Cash. Then redeem
1: your Pampers Cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards.
0: Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. Margaret, Father's
1: Day is on its way. It is the most difficult gift-giving day of the year.
0: Amy, heard. <laughs> I mean, what do you get a guy who has no idea what he wants? You give him what he needs,
1: a hat for all the outdoor activities he has planned for the summer that will probably be a total upgrade to what he's wearing now. If you need a gift for the dads in your life, check out Melon Premium Headwear.
0: Melon hats last five times longer than any other hat out there. They are super durable, comfy, even antimicrobial. Unlike most hats, they don't hold on to sweat stains or odors, and they are, that magic word, washable. And they look really sharp. Melon hats have true craftsmanship
1: and details that make them look really slick and fashionable. My husband wears a hat all summer and I can tell he's going to be wearing the melon I got him on the regular. Let me tell you, it is a big upgrade.
0: Melon has lots of styles and sizes to choose from or give the dad in your life a gift card for him to choose his own hat. There's even a fit quiz on the website for helping guys determine the style that would suit them best and what size they should get. Go to
1: M-E-L i n dot com and use the code fresh at checkout for thirty percent off your order if you 're trying to figure out a father 's day gift, trust us this is exactly what they want
2: go
0: to m e l i n dot com and use code fresh at checkout for thirty percent off melon rarely offers discounts, so don 't miss this opportunity okay amy we 're back let 's talk a little bit. I thought this was interesting about homework okay Christine says homework in kindergarten. I used to think it was unnecessary to burden young kids with it. We would skip it. My son happens to have optional homework he gets in kindergarten. And I'm only working part time at the moment, thanks COVID. So I cherish any consistent activity that fills up the time between 3 p.m. and dinner time.
1: Yes, homework can be a real gift right now if it's offline, if it's worksheets with pencils. It's yeah, I'm all for it right now. So much of it is online.
0: As everyone knows, I'm very anti homework, especially for youngest grades. But, and I went hard to the hole with my kindergarten, uh, my son's kindergarten teacher, and refused to do homework. And it became kind of a year long fight. But I think if it's working for you, it's working for you. And, you know, I mean, we keep saying the thing about the pandemic and all this downtime is that. If you limit screens, you need something else to do. And my kids, one of my kids room, it's starting to look really like something out of like uh, Shelter (laughs) Island. Like it's covered with paper (laughs) or like, you know, those movies where like someone's trying to figure out the crime and they like make that beautiful mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful mind. It's like the or like uh, Homeland where she's got all the (laughs) pictures up and trying to figure out who's with who, you know, and yeah, it's looking like that. But he's gotten really into drawing and he draws, and this is a kid who has some fine motor skills issues, and I would have said, like, oh, this kid, you know, I almost would have pulled him out of art class, like, there's really no point in doing that with this guy. And he does a lot of tracing, and he loves it. He's drawing all of his favorite characters, and... There's something on the other side of complaining that you're bored and the pandemic has found this kid doing all this drawing. And I think homework is kind of the same. My kid hated math. She's now doing like gotten really into learning her multiplication tables. And it's kind of a hobby of hers now. There's (laughs) something on the other side of being bored. I would have been like the dorky kid that loved the homework worksheets. I was that
1: kid. So yeah, lean in. I want to give a shout out to a particular brand of workbooks, not a sponsor. I just love them. They're called Brain Quest. Have you seen these? Yes. Workbooks. And they have like a sort of like a deck of cards you can take with you to kill time at the restaurant or the dentist's office where, you know, it's like, what order do you think these things are happening in? They're pitched specifically for three-year-olds, four-year-olds, five-year-olds. Anyway, they also have workbooks where you're drawing the hands on the clock if you're six years old or whatever. And. My kids were all really happy with those. Not every day, but they were quite happy to sit with those. And it it was about occupying them. It wasn't about turning them into geniuses. But I think they're a great sort of offline option for a lonely afternoon right now.
0: For sure. And I want to be 100% clear that my kids are not joyfully up in their room learning multiplication tables and doing art all the time. Because sometimes I hear people talking like this and it's like, oh, I guess I'm just a loser because my kids, like, complain and lie on the floor and scream I'm bored. My kids also do that a lot. So, like, it's not like we're sitting around with, like, oh, and the other one is taken up the violin. You know, that's not happening. It's a hot mess over here. But I do just think... Sometimes, if you just keep ignoring the boredness, there might be something else out there for you. And
1: you also to me, you just said that this is your child who you're like "Mm, fine motor skills. So if you had to say, it's why we have to be careful of labeling our kids or making assumptions like, oh, so and so is my artistic kid, and then your other kid is therefore not artistic, and therefore you don't get the crayons out for that kid. And turns out that kid loves to draw his favorite characters and doesn't care if they look perfect or not. That would be a missed opportunity.
0: I mean, this takes me to the top of the mountain of what I've changed my mind mind about which is i mean i really actually believe this that you got a kid and you were responsible into molding them into a certain thing yeah and then like i had a baby and someone handed me a fully formed human being who basically was going to do whatever they felt like doing and i could like maybe gently tack them one way or another but i mean the idea of you know my kid who has struggles in certain areas it doesn't have great fine motor spending several days in his room doing art like that's not something I made happen. And it's something that in some ways I probably got in the way of happening because I would have said like, ah, oh, that's not really his wheelhouse. And I mean, the biggest thing I've changed my mind about is how much control I have over the outcome of my kids. So saying don't write to me and be like, well, I guess, you know, just let them be feral. Like I do a lot to try to get my kids, you know to stay in certain pathways, and I have a lot of success with a lot of those outcomes, but the biggest change of mind I've had is, oh, I'm not really in the driver's seat of this at all.
1: Mm -hmm. No, this is all towards the never interrupt a happy quarantined person, which is our number one rule of pandemic. And it's just the if the BrainQuest workbook makes your kid a happy quarantine person, then use it. That is the only goal. It is not about making them different or better or smarter or faster.
0: And something you said to me has really affected me and helped me in this whole thing, which is lean into like the questions. So If somebody says, well, you know, we're listening to Hamilton. Well, was it illegal to have a duel or was it legal? Let's figure that out. Why do they make that joke? Everything's legal in New Jersey. Let's dig in and figure that out. And again, this is not 24 hours a day that we're all sitting around Googling fun facts together. But when it comes up or, hey, I want to try to draw this character, but I don't know how But you could trace it. And we do have this light board that makes the tracing easier and just trying to help them bridge little gaps to where they're already going. You're not going to lead them there, but you can help them get there by being like, oh, here's a little chasm. Let me build a little rickety bridge over that for you and you can keep going on your path. Because there's always something to
1: be curious about in the moment that I think does stave off boredom, right? And it's different than like, here's my phone, kid. Yesterday, I was waiting for a train with two of my kids, like a commuter train, and it was uh, delayed due to slip slide conditions. So we were sitting there on the train platform. So we looked it up. What are our slip slide conditions and had an interesting conversation. There are wet leaves on the train track. It makes the train tracks a little slippery. And so we used that boredom moment to dig deeper into the circumstances of the moment. Now, again, my kids are teenagers, but I think you could still talk about that with a little kid and it's better than just let's pretend we're not here.
0: Yeah. And for sure. And it extends conversations. It extends the dinner time. My kids are really just getting to a point where we can talk at dinner and, you know, we tend to go down rabbit holes and that's the way we keep everybody there and engaged. Let's talk about eating. Oh, let's talk about eating.
1: I mean, Annie, I'm with you. She says, I swore my kids would be the ones that ate everything and then life happened. And turns out kids really like chicken nuggets. And there's no going back once you expose them
0: to the good stuff. So true. Yeah. This is why Amy doesn't let babies eat (laughs) Tostitos. This is why. I was brought to task for that. People were like, wait, Tostitos don't have MSG.
1: Doritos have MSG. Tostitos, which we have in our house, do not. But I didn't give them my baby. Yeah. So now you're fine with feeding babies Tostitos. Tostitos I'm going to be less on fine with than Doritos.
0: <laughs> yeah. The eating thing is something that I struggle with. We weren't really good eaters growing up. And my kids are not good eaters. And I see, you know, some of the legacies of bad eating coming true again. And I kick myself about it. And, you know, we eat too much junk food. And but I also feel like. We all turned out fine I try to present different foods We try to, you know, eat the old rainbow We go apple picking and then eat the apples Ah, Otherwise, everyone relax I'm less in charge than I think And I'm not going to stress about it It's another case where you
1: can let them chase. One of my teenage sons just asked me, why don't we ever have cut up celery around the house? I'm like, Mm. I hate celery. I'm like, would that be something you would welcome? That's right. And he said, well, think celery is a really good food. It's actually calorie negative. It's high fiber and it's low cal. And it will get me through like the afternoon snacking thing because he's an athlete. And I'm like, "Okay, you'll have celery. So it's sometimes if you let their natural curiosity take the lead, they'll come around and they'll be eating celery. It could happen.
0: But I also I really see it happening. I mean, it's one of those things that I remember having a three, four and six year old and trying to have like family dinner where we sat and shared and ate everything on our plates. And it was a lot of crying and screaming. And I would go to bed. I Sometimes I would really go to bed in tears. Like I failed. I don't have the family dinner table that I wanted. And guess what? It's five years later. And it's exactly that. Now we sit at the dinner table and, you know, my kid who doesn't eat a lot, doesn't eat a lot. And but he eats what we make. You know, I don't make a separate meal for him and it all works out. I don't know. Don't stress about it. You should have known about the yo-yo dinner back then, right? I should have told you. Oh, my gosh. You've really ruined my life, by the way. I just gave you a couple of but Now I have to take you to task. (laughs) My daughter every meal he's like can i have yo-yo lunch can i have yo-yo dinner because all she wants to eat is mac and cheese and so now she's real she can heat up her own she's eight she can heat up her own mac and cheese and she's like let's just do yo-yo dinner and i'm just like no you can't only eat mac and cheese for the rest of your life it's hilarious you have
1: to put it on the whiteboard like wednesday's yo-yo dinner we have to wait for wednesday yeah
0: it's only once a week because she would just eat mac and cheese all day every day if she could Hannah is making a separate meal for her kid. The constant rotation of garbage meals like chicken nuggets, mac and cheese. My husband and I do our best to offer exactly what we are eating and model good food behavior. We just don't fight it. You want tacos from Taco Bell? Two soft shells, please. (laughs) I'm feeling it. That's kind of where we came out on it. Although, I mean, we do try. I have fought the fight of trying not to serve separate meals because I don't want to make five meals. And But I also, when I make unfamiliar meals, I know there's always something at the table. We're big on like the Pillsbury, you know, pop open crescent rolls because everybody likes that. And so it's like you're going to have enough food in your stomach and then you can try a couple bites of everything else. And we've moved the needle doing that. It's fine.
1: Yeah. I tell you what I've changed my mind about around this, having had a very picky eater. One, that it, that it was up to you whether you had a picky eater or not, but two, that like once you had a picky eater, it's like, you know, bending iron, like I must fix this. And I think you have to feed your kid and it does self-correct in a way that I didn't understand when I had that picky eater at my table.
0: Yeah. It for sure does, and I, I think you can lean into that. Here's a random one. It's Leanne. <laughs> inflatables. I was subtly against inflatable decorations for the holidays because I thought they were tacky. But my kids love seeing them. So for a few years, we purchased two small holiday penguins. This year, we bought three Halloween inflatables. She's on the slippery slope of inflatables, and I'm going to say same. We Holiday inflatables. My mother had very specific ideas about what was okay and what was not okay she grew up in the bronx and i think dreamed of living in the suburbs in like a perfect house yes and let me tell you that inflatable front lawn decorations were not part of that vision did she have like poinsettias and like fake candles in
1: the windows what was her holiday decoration
0: no no only real flowers She was um, uh, snobby, I would say, with her decorations. Everything was like beautiful, you know, it was classy. Yeah. And so she had a strong demarcation. (laughs) We used to call her the Taste Police because (laughs) if someone walked downstairs wearing an outfit with like a midriff showing and like acid-washed jeans, someone else in the family would start making a loud siren wail to indicate that the Taste Police, my mother, had been activated (laughs) and she would soon fight you because you had violated her rules as the Taste Police. And so the Taste Police would not have gone for inflatable Halloween decorations. And I think my still rebelling heart I'm real down with tacky decorations like I love it. Yes. I like Griswolding it up at Christmas time. And it's a straight reaction in the, the way that many people have of like, well, if my parents did it this way, I'm going to do it the opposite way. But yes, like a giant inflatable cat whose head moves around while its eyes stare at you, that would have not flown in my house growing up. And I've got like six of them.
1: I've always been that kind of person, too. Like when you say when we decorate the Christmas tree and the little kids are really into decorating the Christmas tree and it's so bottom heavy, right? All the ornaments are on the lower quarter of the tree. You probably would think I would be, but I'm not the kind of person who redistributes the ornaments to make sure that they're perfect.
0: No, I would think you would be like, let's make this a little bit more perfect.
1: No, because it's kind of like it's proof of their joy. And if they think it looks great, then it looks great.
0: Yeah, we call that like in decorating, you go to people's houses and you're like, the decorating scheme is no children really live here. Yes. And that's the thing like that. My mom, she wasn't no children really live here, but she just liked everything. She liked it nice and, you know, classy. And I have like a paper skeleton hanging on my door because it (laughs) brings me joy. All right. We'll be right back. So for at least
1: two years now, I have been mentioning how I'm working on a book, you know, just working it into our conversations, real
0: casual. (laughs) Let me tell you, behind the scenes, nothing casual about it. Amy has been like, ah, I have to finish this book. When am I ever going to finish this book? I have finished the
1: book. It's really happening and Happy to Help is now available for pre-sale. It's coming out January 2025, but you can pre-order a copy now on Bookshop or Amazon or wherever you shop for books.
0: I am one of the very lucky few who has gotten to read Happy to Help already. And I have to say, it's a phenomenal book. Even if it was not written by my beloved work wife, Amy (laughs) Wilson, I would tell you to go get and read this book. I have told so many people I know, just wait in conversation it comes up and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's just like something from Amy's book. Wait until you read Amy's book. And the wait is almost over, people. Soon you will all be able to read Amy's book. I cannot wait
1: for everyone to read it. You will probably hear us mention Happy to Help just a few times in the coming months. (laughs) Just a few thousand
0: times. But for right now, please consider supporting it by pre-ordering a copy. Friends, I'm going to tell you, pre-order, you're like, I'll just get it when it comes out. Really helps a book sales if people pre-order it. So do us a solid. Go today and pre order a copy of Happy to Help by our own Amy Wilson. You just go to
1: whatfreshhheldpodcast.com and click the link in the sidebar, or you can search Happy to Help wherever you buy
2: books. Thank you. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, And now,
0: the parent we thought we'd be versus the parent we are. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. The parent we thought we'd be. I just cannot understand parents who
1: let their children watch screens. When I'm a parent, my offspring will be limited to 15 minutes of educational programming per day. The parents we are. All right, how many more kills do you need until you achieve
0: Vanguard? Fine, just turn the lights off when you go to bed.
1: The parent we thought we'd be.
0: (laughs) There is no such thing as kids' food. Kids should eat what they're served. I can't wait for my future children to try my mushroom and pepper risotto that I serve with the seared halibut. The parent we are. Listen, you don't get dessert until you finish three more tater tots. The parent we thought we'd be. Why can't people just breastfeed in the bathroom? The parent we are.
1: Okay, cover your eyes if you're uptight, people of Panera. I'm not done with my bread bowl, and this baby is hungry. The
0: parent we thought we'd be. When you make a loving connection with children, there's really never any need for yelling.
1: The parent we are.
0: Get in the car! In the car! I said I know you hear my voice right now. Listen, if you are not in this car in 30 seconds, Christmas is canceled forever!
1: This has been The Parent We Thought We'd Be Versus The Parent We Are. From the What Fresh
0: Hell Podcast. Amy, there are so, so many of them. But I'm going to start with a... I know something that sticks in your craw particularly. Although I think you've taken the same tack as Katie here. Shorts and no coat in the winter. (laughs) Fought it for a while, then I decided... If he wasn't bothered by the cold, it's not my problem. He knew where to find warmer clothes. (laughs) Yeah, they
1: kind of come around on this. I have the same kid who was wearing shorts and a coat to school, shorts and no coat sometimes, is now doing a chorus thing outside because of the pandemic. They're doing chorus, standing six feet apart, wearing masks outside, which is bonkers, but they're doing it and you know, it's getting down into the 40s, and they're still rehearsing outside. And that kid is now wearing a coat. Again, they kind of come to Papa by themselves on that stuff.
0: I had a bit of a I told you some moment with this on Halloween. My oldest was dressed as Midas from Fortnite, if anyone is familiar. He's a businessman. So he just was wearing like a Short, But he wears a short sleeve shirt and then his tattooed arms stick out. So he was wearing a short sleeve, like men's, you know, collared button up white shirt and a tie. And then we had the sleeves rolled up and he had those like tattoo sleeves that you can buy. They're like hose, but they're printed with tattoos. Yes, yes. He looked exactly like Midas from Fortnite, I have to say. But of course, and he's tiny. He's like one of those kids who's all bones. You know, he's got no fat on him at all. (laughs) And he didn't want to wear a coat. It was Halloween. He was going out with his friends. First time ever. He was, you know, unsupervised, hanging with his buddies. And he was quite insistent he wouldn't wear a coat. And I said, I'm not going to fight. My husband was like, you go? I said, he's Midas. Midas doesn't wear a coat. Let him go out and be cold. He's not going to die from the cold. And then I ran into him. I, I we did very minimal kind of it was more walking around the neighborhood. Some people had cute things, you know, candy shoots and things in the trees. And we were walking around and he was off with his friends and I ran into him about 45 minutes in. He's like, mom, I'm really, really cold. I think I have to go back. I was like, that's fine. And he had already gotten because nobody was out trick or treating. People were giving every kid like 45 pieces of candy. So we had a huge, he could barely hold his thing of candy. I said, let's go home. And it worked out fine for both of us. I've definitely changed my
1: mind about thinking that the kid who won't wear a coat, that that was a indicative of a mother who just didn't Tell the kid to put a coat on or didn't make sure a kid was dressed warmly, right? Oh, that poor
0: kid. Nobody checked. No, the mom was screaming down the sidewalk after him. Somebody checked and then put it in the you-know-what bucket and said, go on out. Yeah. I like this one a lot. Amy, it's yelling. Yep. Magdalena says, I swore I would never yell like my mom did. Mara says... Yelling. I swore I would never yell at my kids. They proved me wrong every day. (laughs) We've done a lot of episodes about yelling. Amy and I both have a yelling issue. Yes. And my mom, I mean, I can count on one
1: hand the times that she raised her voice, my mother, growing up. And even when she did, it was more like crying out to the gods. You know what I mean? More like railing to the heavens. Why does nobody help me around
0: here? My mom was an occasional yeller as we are. She wasn't a big yeller, but I'm a yeller. But it's something I have worked to get that under control. I think yelling is... Again, I will say I yell a lot less now that they're older. Little kids, it feels you're so nervous that they're going to like constantly like run into the road and eat the electrical outlet. And I don't know you're just so keyed up all the time that yelling is a very natural response. Yes, I do find that now my kids are older. I just don't yell like I used to.
1: You're right. It's tied to your anxiety, right? And if when you're living in a heat up fight or flight, don't touch up, don't grab that. Of course, you're going to go to yelling a little bit more quickly or during a pandemic when you're all stuck inside and you're looking at the new and you're feeling a little nervous we're gonna yell more
0: I will tell you my big secret helped me break my yelling habit and I still do it and I think I will be doing it when my kids are teenagers and I learned it from the school teachers I clap my hands instead of yelling oh and then everybody gets quiet so it's something it's one two three four five that's how I clap and everybody gets quiet and then do they have to clap back, or do they just get? They used to when they were little clap back, and now they just quiet down. It's like it's dog training, you know what I mean? When we were little, the teachers started to say one, two, three, eyes on me, right? Yeah, and then the kids are supposed to say one, two, eyes on you. And teachers have a lot of them, but I spent some time in the classroom, and I was like, oh, that's so much better than like eh, yeah, just because as we always say, the more you try to come in over what's going on, the more you start the crazy. And the clapping is really helpful to me. Give it a try. But it's. I think I started it when they were really little and it's kind of like dog training. Yes. Because I find myself going to shout and maybe I'm old. I'm too tired to scream. And so I clap my hands five times and everybody quiets down for a second and I'll say, you're too loud. Stop it. And sometimes I find myself trying to yell over my kids now and maybe they're older, they can make more noise. I literally cannot, they cannot hear me. But the clapping breaks the fire line and everyone's quiet.
1: So what do you think you've changed your mind about when it comes to yelling? I mean, it sounds like you still found a solution so it isn't like yelling's fine that isn't what you changed your mind about but just that like only bad mothers yell is that what you changed your mind about
0: i just think i didn't picture myself being a yeller as a mom i was like oh i'll just everyone pictures themselves as julie andrews in the sound of music right like with a guitar with all the kids like beaming up at you i mean we laugh when we watch that movie now because she really does go in and she's like They're super mean to her and they're torturing her. And she's like, I do have a guitar. And they're like, oh, what? And then they all just like follow her along in rags and like sing for the rest of the movie. And you're like, who are these children exactly? Sabrina says that she thought that she would be
1: the crafty mom. That it would be so easy to keep her kids entertained. Basically, that she would be right. The Julie Andrews, the Maria von Trapp and that. And she said, as it turns out, her kids could never give one crap less about anything I give them.
0: I love this because it's just so on point. Like, Mm -hmm. this is the what's on the other side of boredom. I think that I am a reformed cruise director, too. I always I was an aunt for I don't know. 15 years or something before I had kids of my own. And I was always kind of the fun aunt. Like, I'd be like, guys, let's put a scavenger hunt in the yard and hang from the trees and da 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 and learn this song and show your parents. Like, I was always kind of the fun aunt. And then when I had kids of my own, I just assumed that my house would be like the permanent party, you know, just when today we're doing this. And right. it's exhausting and it's not that fun when it's your own kids. And it's also really, I think... Not the rightest relationship to have with your kids, you know, that you're the constant source of fun. And I just it didn't work out that way. It's easier to be the fun aunt. The the mom's got to kind of steer the ship. You know, the mom's more like the captain and they're your crew. You know, you're not the cruise director anymore. And that's okay. That's right. Take the I have to be the funnest, best at it
1: person out of the.
0: And thank God I have a sister who's the super fun aunt. So like the Lido deck is still rocking when she's in town. But right now I'm like in the captain's chair just yelling at them to swab the deck, and that's fine. But the super fun aunt isn't there every day, right? Like, that's part of it. You're the special guest star. Exactly, exactly. And you can't. You don't want it every day. Right. I think I've taken my love boat analogy as far as I can. <laughs> so I'm going to move on. <laughs> Giving into the crying and whining. Laura says, I thought if my kids cried or whined about something, I would never cave. Give in to what they wanted. Ha ha. I'm still trying not to give in. But 100% of the time has not been a successful undertaking. I think a lot of what we're saying about the judgy mom, too, is you don't know what part of the arc you're seeing somebody in when you're seeing them with their kid. You know what I mean? Right. You don't know that they're on the fourth errand of their day because their mom is sick at home and they had to take the kids with them to the store. And so like you see that mom giving the kid a lollipop because they're crying for one. I don't know. It could be they're just, that's what they got to do to get through that moment. It could also be that they're, there's, you know, a mom who gives in on everything and you could be like, I'm quite much better than them. I mean, take your moment of satisfaction if you like it, but you just don't really know what's going on with another mom.
1: There's that meme I always see on Facebook. I don't know if it was like the Dalai Lama or Gandalf who said <laughs> it, but it was like, be kind because everyone you know is fighting a
0: great battle. You know that one? That's a great type of quote. You're like ancient Chinese proverb or something from a Lord of the Rings movie. I'm not sure. Same, same. But yeah, that's it. Every mom
1: you know is fighting a great battle and you're only seeing a teeny little bit of it.
0: And I also think no one's doing anything 100% of the time. Do I ever look at moms and think like, whoa, you're kind of a hot mess? Like, of course I do. Everyone does that. It's part of... Being alive is that you see other people and you judge them. But if you go home and post on Facebook, like I saw a mom doing this, what a scumbag. You've lost the script, people. I want to give a shout
1: out to Shannon, who talks about medication, because I think this is an important one. And one I changed my mind about too is medicating your kids, ADD medications in particular, that it's very easy when you stand outside of it like, well, I would never do that. And that's just parenting. And I would never drug my child. And then you're in the situation and you see how those medications can be life-changing in such a good way. That is definitely something I've changed my mind about. And I'm sorry I was ever judgmental about it.
0: I don't even know that I was judgmental about it. But of course, there is like this huge... Is it possible that as a nation, we over-medicate problems? That is statistically possible. But anecdotally, it doesn't matter at all to you. If your kid needs medication, Mm -hmm. as one of mine does, great. It helps them out a ton. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, I just think... You can have impressions of overall trends, but you're dealing with your life and your kids and that's fine.
1: And when you have these sort of prejudgments, then when you're in that situation. Then you do sort of, I think, internalize the the thing of, well, if I was just better at this, then this situation wouldn't be happening. And that's an unfortunate place to get to and a place. Don't waste time there. It's not worth it.
0: And I also think this is one of those aspects where Other people's opinions are really pretty useless overall, and I think that this is the thing that I kept thinking of reading this whole thread, that people, that if you have a kid who is taking medication and it improves their life and you hear somebody saying you know people just medicate their kids because they can't deal with them you have to detach yourself from that you're not going to convince that person they're wrong because they've never had your experience but I think a lot of our jobs is kind of detaching from the insanity that is like everybody has an opinion about everything and because of social media everybody's opinion is in your face about everything and you know what it doesn't matter what other people think if it's the right choice for you and your family I'm just so not interested anymore in the crowd's point of view. I think you solved it. <laughs> solved it, guys. Let it go and do your thing. And we got there were so many you know, people are leashing their kids. They didn't think so. People thought their kids would never have tantrums in public. And this what I love from Katie. She was like, "Who lets their kids walk around in no clothing or character clothing?" I mean, I have a child who has not worn a shirt since the pandemic started, and let me tell you, that's just how we're rolling over here. Let go of the judgments, people. Yep. You do you. Yep. The sparkly, my daughter had like sparkly
1: Rapunzel shoes that I hated. And she, I mean, they were her favorite thing in the world. Who cares?
0: Yeah, it's interesting because it's funny what triggers us, right? I have the same stuff, like the sparkly plastic. I'm like, no, 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 no. But you know what? It's what works for everybody, Amy. We want
1: to know what you guys have changed your mind about. And again, you can always tell us on our Facebook page and group. You can find them both at facebook.com forward slash Hellcast.
0: You can go to our Facebook community and read this whole thread because there were so many things we didn't get to. You can find us on Twitter at WFH podcast. You can find us pretty much, guys, go on social media, search What Fresh Hell podcast and enjoy the heck out of your day while you interact with us on YouTube, Instagram, and you heard me, TikTok. Yep. And for now, guys, that's it. We're letting go of the judgments and we're respecting your life choices. Until next week. Talk to you next week.